Welcome to the Healing the City podcast. My name is Eric Siepen. The following podcast is a replaying of the Village Community's sermon series on relationships. This series is based on Dr. Larry Crabb's book, The Marriage Builder. Over the next few weeks, we will be releasing segments of this sermon series, and we hope that it is helpful and encouraging to you. And, and so if you know the story, after God creates Adam and Eve and gives them a blessing saying, you know, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, go plant gardens, we're going to do this together, we reject God. And the ancient prophet Jeremiah kind of illustrates this rejection that Adam and Eve gave to God and we as humans have given to God. In Jeremiah 2.13, he says, this is God speaking through Jeremiah, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So there's two things that we've all done. Number one, is that we have left God the living water. Now, the thing that God has given us is that God is repeatedly saying to his people that he's created in his image, who are the spitting image of God, right? The reflection of God. He's saying, you are loved and you are important. That's the spring of living water. You're important to me. You are loved. The people of Israel, you and I reject that. But then we go and we drink these cisterns that we've dug, these wells, but they don't have any water. It's kind of like this dog I had to, well, I didn't babysit because I hate dogs, but my, my daughter had to babysit. You see, David Crawford and Mark Crawford have parents, and their parents are named Guy and Betsy, and they have a 13-year-old dog, and the dog is deaf, and the dog is stupid, okay? Now, let me give you my defense for this. We put bowls of water all around the house. I think at one point there were three bowls of water because the dog can't find the water. Guess where the dog ends up drinking? Out of the toilet. Very good. Now, here's the thing about this dog. He's deaf. So he's drinking out of the toilet, and you're like, dog! You don't need to call him his name because he can't hear it. You have to get up to him and like pat him and move him because he is focused with head in toilet and he seems to find the boy toilet because the lid's up, right? To get a good drink. He, but he can't drink out of his own bowl of water because he doesn't know where that is, right? The reason that you and I need to talk about relationships and we need to talk about relationships over and over again and how we operate in relationship, both in our friendships and in our marriage, is that most of us are caught up drinking on the, in the toilet and we're deaf, We've become so deaf by this culture and by our own choices that we just can't hear. And so we're caught up. We're caught up in, in a messed up sexuality. We're caught up in all these expectations we have of one another. There's a lot of things that we're caught up in. Some of it has none of our, wasn't our choice. Things have been done to us. Others, we just got to the toilet and we started drinking and it was, you know, it seemed good for a while right? And so that's the place that you and I are in as image bearers. We have these longings to be loved, and we have these longings to be secure, 
Only what we find, just like that little boy in that front yard found, is that it hurts to want to be loved and not be loved. And it hurts when you're told you're not important. And we don't know what to do with that. And so we dig these broken cisterns to try to fix the emptiness and the loneliness and the anxiety and the depression that's inside of us. So we come to church, we come to our friendships, and we come into marriage trying to figure out how to deal with these two longings. What are we going to do with these two longings? To be loved and to have impact, to have a significant impact and a love that's secure. So in this mess, we decide a couple things. First, we decide that we're going to ignore things, right? Because ignoring works. Now, here's what I want you to think about when you think about being an image bearer. We all have physical bodies, and I'm kind of in the, as I'm not a theologian, but if I were a theologian, I'm out on the edge when it comes to this, because most people will say that your physical body has nothing to do with bearing the image of God. But I would say, yes, it does. It's art. It's beautiful. It's part of God's creativity. It's part of bearing God's image. But to keep that physical body alive, you need to drink water and eat food, right, at a minimum. Well, I'm arguing tonight that not only do you have this outside body, you have this inside body, and this inside body requires water and food. And the water and food is the knowledge that you're loved and the knowledge that you have impact, okay? So as those broken things, as you bring those broken things into relationship, because you've been created by a God who's in relationship with himself, what happens is you're like, well, I'm going to try to ignore it. I'm going to ignore the pain, right? So there's a couple ways to ignore it, and it's really just starving yourself. One way is to take your emotions and eat them, and then they go down to a little part of your stomach, and then you get an ulcer. Right? That's one way to deal with it. It's called ignoring them. Chew them up, put them inside. Another way to ignore them is just to find some other thing that numbs it out. Right? Maybe you like to watch way too much Netflix. Maybe you like to drink way too much at night. We can go on down the list. You guys all know what they are. You know right now you're thinking, yeah, those are the ways that I numb myself out so I don't have to think about the fact that my life has told me I'm not loved and my life has told me that I don't have impact, right? And I just keep getting reminded of that. Now, if you ignore food and water, you starve to death. If you ignore your longing and need to be loved and to have impact, you will start starving yourself internally. Now, if you starve yourself physically, your body starts eating you. If you start starving yourself internally, your emotions your soul begins to turn in on itself and eat you, right? And you become bitter and angry and depressed and frustrated and shut down and unresponsive. And then when somebody says, hey, I'm sorry for hurting your feelings, you're like, ah, I don't have any feelings, whatever. Like, everything's fine. I'm fine. It's all fine, right? So a lot of us choose this mode at some level or another. Some of it's like really deep for us. Others, it's just, you know, sometimes. But if starvation kind of is ignoring things, then if you eat 
at a fast food restaurant all the time, you're going to get sick. If you go to McDonald's, they've made enough documentaries that we've all figured this out now. Don't eat a lot at fast food because if you eat at fast food, you're going to get sick. Well, guess what? There is internally a bunch of fast food departments inside of you, right? And, and they're fed to you like you have this, and they're, they're called accomplishment, right? And, and this is how it works. You think, well, if, if I'm not just loved for the way I am, and people don't think I have impact, then I'm going to have impact. I'm going to accomplish things. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to get a good job. I'm going to make money. I'm going to have a bank account. I'm going to have a car, right? Oh, I, I'm, well, if you can't accomplish that, then you think, you know what? I'm at least, I'm stronger than most of the, the guys. Yeah, I'm strong. So I work hard with my hands. I have calluses, right? I, I have power. I have strength. And if you're like, well, but I'm kind of a wimpy guy, but you know what? I'm a good father. Like I know how to be a dad till your kids turn to be a teenager. And then they, and you find out you don't know how to be a dad, right, all of a sudden, because they don't think you're the best or the strongest or anything like that, right? Which happens a lot earlier, right? But we can go on down the line. If it's not that, you're like, well, well I'm a good mom. I, I am a good wife. I, you know, I don't have anything else together, but I get dinner on table, and I'm kind when my husband comes home, and I, I, I've got that. I've at least that one thing. Right? I've got something. We're constantly looking for something. And I, I have a 12 year old and, and I watch all the 12 year olds around here. And it's very funny when they talk about Minecraft and all these kinds of things because they don't say things like, I'm pretty good at Minecraft. No, they say, you know what? I'm better than so and so and worse than so and so. Like what we do is we begin to say, well, how do I fit and how important am I and how much value do I have that will give me love? Like I've got to rank myself here. Right, So a lot of times, we as adults do this. We're constantly saying, well, I'm not that person, but I'm not that person either. So I'm somewhere in the middle, and if I work really hard, I can get there. But you know what? If you keep eating at that fast food department, you're going to get sick, really, really sick, because you know what happens? You find out is that you just can't do it. You just can't do it. And, and this happens in marriage. This happens in our friendships. Like we, we, we do that. But here's the one that most of us participate in all the time. Is that we have this longing to be loved and be secure in our love and to be significant in our impact. And we, we, this is what we want. So we go to marriage or we come to church or we get our best friend. And, and we, we go, it's kind of like going to, um, a really fancy restaurant. And you go to that fancy restaurant and you taste the food and man, it's good. It's like being in love. Food is good. Having that bosom buddy who like completes your sentences tastes really good. And so you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat. And after you're done stuffing yourself, they bring the dessert panel and all the desserts and you eat some more and you walk away from that really nice restaurant thinking, I hate this restaurant. This restaurant makes me sick. I am never going back to this restaurant right? Because you devour the people around you, right? You say, I need you to make me feel good about myself. I need you to love me and tell me I'm important. If you've been in pre-marriage counseling with me or marriage counseling, you probably have heard me say, it's like having two ticks and no dog. You come into the marriage and you say, you are going to meet my needs. And the other person's like, you are going to meet my needs. And we're like, where's the dog? Like, there's no blood but you. And you, and so 
eventually you suck each other dry and you devour each other. We do, it's not just marriage that we do this in, we do it in our friendships. Because we're so desperate to be loved. We want to be loved. We want to know that just us is loved. And just us is important and has impact. We want to know that. And yet, we spend our time trying to devour each other. Right? Now, there is the fourth way. And it is the good way. And it's the way the pastor should say. The fourth way, the place that you should go eat, is Jesus. Right? If The ways that we tend to deal with our longing to feel loved and have impact is to ignore them, to try to accomplish, to try to devour each other. If those are the ways that aren't healthy. Those are the cisterns. There is a returning to Jesus. And Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He's not saying that if you come to him, you're always going to have pizza and beer. You're that you're going to have food and water. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, if you come to me, you will be loved and you will have impact. You will be loved and you will have impact. Now, why can Jesus say that? Well, there's a couple reasons that he can say that. One is that the writer John, in his letter to the church, gives us a picture of this. And, it, and it's important because you and I are created in the image of God. And the revelation of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is Jesus. And this little passage is probably the best revelation of who Jesus, who the Trinity is. Listen to what it says. 1 John 3.16. Not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So, the reason that we can say Jesus is that you and I can be in that place where we're like, okay, I don't feel loved. I don't feel important. Everything around me seems to say I am not important. This world is telling me I'm not important. My spouse is telling me I'm not important. My friends, my kids, everybody says I'm not important and I'm not loved. And Jesus looks at us and says, I love you. I died for you. And we're like, oh, all right. Okay, you died for me. But you know what? I just, I don't have meaning. I want to have some kind of meaning in my life. And Jesus says, I loved you, so I died for you. You have meaning. I died. Now the problem with that, and there is a problem, is that we're the dogs in the toilet, right? And as a dog in the toilet, the deafness, who's deaf? And the deafness is our lack of faith, right? We, we're kind of foggy and deaf. And so it's very difficult for us to actually believe that or act on it. So this whole series, we're following a book loosely that's called The Marriage Builder. And if you've been at the village for a while, I will tell you, the Dr. Larry Crabb, who wrote The Marriage Builder and a ton of books that are out there and, and has had a huge influence on my family and me, has influenced this church. As we think about things, in his book, Marriage Builder, he says, yes, we're in this place where we're the deaf dog, our faith is foggy, 
but we know that the other three don't work. And so what we're called to do is step up on this balance beam of truth. Okay? So we have this balance beam of truth that we're trying to hold on to. So what we're saying is, okay, Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus, Jesus loves me and died for me, right? So we're balancing here on this beam and we're like trying to, okay, I'm important and I'm significant because he declared me that way. Okay, I'm balancing. So there we are. Now we enter into relationships and in particular we enter into marriage, hopefully both of us balancing, right? We're both balancing. We're both saying, okay, we got this truth. Now, here's the really cool thing. When Jesus, or when God created us, and he offered us this blessing to be fruitful and multiply, to rule and subdue the earth, he actually offered us an alliance. He offered us this opportunity to do this together, okay? So here's what happens, is that when I step up onto this balance beam, and I'm saying Jesus died for me, and he loved me, so I'm saying I get my significance, and I get my security, or I get my love and impact from God. He says I'm loved. He says I'm important. Here I am. Okay. Now, I'm an instrument to communicate that to my spouse, to my friend. My job now is that I know that I'm okay, I'm loved, and I have impact, So now I can become the instrument that offers love and impact to the person across from me. If we're doing that both ways, all of a sudden you have this marriage or this friendship or a relationship where two people become instruments and in a partnership with God of God's love and God's proclamation of our importance. Right? So you have this amazing moment where people, two people are saying, no, you are loved by Jesus. You are important. And so you're offering each other this beautiful grace. Now, that's a lovely picture, but it's super messy because you're on a balance beam saying, ah, Jesus loves me. The son, no. And you're irritating the heck out of me. Right? And so we fall off. And we fall off on one side, and that temptation to fall off on that side is like, you know what, I'm going to ignore how this balance beam makes me feel, and I'm going to pull myself up by the proverbial bootstraps, and I'm going to be God's instrument in my spouse's life. I'm going to do this. And you see what happens is I go right back into the toilet. I'm like, it's about me and my accomplishment and how good I'm going to love them and show them Jesus. Instead of like, hi, you hurt my feelings, you're not kind, but Jesus loves me. That's I know, right? The other side is the fall off is to be like, man, I screwed up and I continue to screw up. And not only that, you're a screw up. So you have a lot of shame about yourself because you can't get it together. And on the other hand, you're like, but you're a screw up and you have messed my life up and you have hurt me. And you begin to judge them. And it becomes messy because you're no longer at the foot of the cross. You've now moved into contempt and bitterness and anger. Now, this is how we fall off the balance beam. Now, I'm not going to answer that for you because my job today is just to draw that picture for you. Next week, we're going to talk particularly on both sides how we can deal with that and step back up on the balance beam and be an instrument of God's love and God's proclamation of impact to our friend and spouse. Okay? But I will give you a clue. 
When you're standing on that balance beam, you need to know something. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again, and I'll probably keep saying it for the rest of my life. Your feelings are fickle. So inside of you, you are going to feel as you balance like I have no value and my spouse, my friend, the world doesn't love me. Like people just don't. And I have nothing good to offer, right? You're going to have those. And someone should be like, oh, I feel like I'm great. And then your two-year-old will, you know, go pull something off the table and break it. And it was your mother's china. And then the whole world will fall apart on you, right? Think It doesn't take a lot for that to happen. Your internal, if you decide that your internal feelings are going to be the thing that defines you and tells you who you are, you're going to fall off. You're going to fall off. The reason that Jesus, or that John says that Jesus is, the cross is the place where you and I find significance and love is because we need someone to define us who's not fickle. We need someone to define us who is love, the very essence of love, and whose purpose is our best interest. We need someone to say who we are who can't change, who doesn't change their mind, right? Who promises us if we go to them, we won't be hungry or thirsty. We need that. So at least when you're up there in the middle of an argument with your best friend or in the middle of an argument with your spouse or just feeling lonely and hurt, at least know that, hey, internally, just because I feel that this way, and it's okay to feel that way, this isn't who I am. This isn't my value. This isn't my purpose. It's just how I feel right now. Okay? At least be there and know that Jesus names you.